0: Welcome to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, with host Ray Zander. Get ready to expand your life, your knowing, your alignment with source.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Everyday Attraction. This is your feel-good sister, Ray. And this is your feel-good sister, Heather. And we welcome you to another edition of our podcast. We love to talk about the law of attraction, but more importantly, we love to talk about our lives and how this stuff actually works. (laughs) Probably the most practical law of attraction show you'll ever hear because we love to, you know, we love principle. We love the laws, but you know, if they just don't work for our everyday lives, who cares? So we're, we're the practical ones and it's all really about the feel-good flow and I wanted to open up today's podcast with just kind of a, a quick homage and gratefulness and grateful heart to uh, to the passing of Louise Hay or the transition, I should say, of Louise Hay this last week. Um, as many of you know, uh, Louise was instrumental in bringing Esther and Jerry to uh, the world through Hay House Publishing, and uh, she was a, an amazing and fascinating teacher. And I know many of us have come to new thought through some of Louise's iconic books like heal your body and heal your life. You can heal your life. And many of those things. I, what I love so much about Louise is that, you know, she's, her first book was published in like 1976 and she was 50 years old. She didn't start Hay House Publishing, which be, which became the biggest self-help publisher in the world, by the way, in her sixties. And, um, and she made her transition in her, what, in her nineties or just turning 90. Uh, So we just send love to her as she moves. You know, I see her doing a high five with Jerry, um, our beloved Jerry. So it's just it's good to uh, to just spend a moment and send our love and gratitude for for her presence on the planet and the ride that so many of us has taken with her.
2: Yeah, she's awesome. She will have been um, or she would have been 91 on October 8th. So really close to her. 91st birthday so powerful and made a huge impact in my life and in 1984 she wrote the book you can heal your life And I think my copy of that book is like dog-eared and falling apart because I've used it so much and especially in the back When it has that a to z of what's going on in your body Physically has to do with what's happening in your mind so a lot of this stuff we talk about with Abraham was already something that a lot of us knew about because of Louise Hay telling us about that. So,
1: yeah, our- you know, and she was so ahead of our, of her time, you know, I think a lot of us who do this work, you know, it's not mainstream. The idea that what you think about manifests, or the idea that what you focus on you create, it, it's still, you know, Oprah has helped quite a bit in that in that realm. But I think it's it's still pretty much kind of an an outlier way of seeing the world. And if you think about you know, how much faith Louise Hay had in this practice. She, you know, when her book came out, You Can Heal Your Life, it was 1984. And that was way before anyone was talking about this stuff in, a, in any sort of consistent and broad way. And I just want to, you know, say how powerful it is to be ahead of the curve. And for all of us who are listening to the Abrahams and hearing all this leading edge stuff, and then we look around the planet and we go, boy, I don't think they know that what they focus on the interact I think they would stop saying what they're saying and doing what they're doing but but it is something to um you know to be on the leading edge and I think Abraham has always said there's never really a crowd on the leading edge but it is so good to know what we know and um and I'm so appreciative of people like Louise Hay who continued to teach what she taught even though it wasn't accepted or popular and but she knew it to be her truth and she knew it to be the truth and she kept uh, teaching that and so many lives have been transformed because of it. So I take that as, you know, something to put into my own vibrational hat to say, you know, know what you know, know it to be true, live it, breathe it, and really, you know, disregard what anyone else thinks or says around you who may or may not be up to speed.
2: Yeah. And I also want to acknowledge her for... um dying of natural causes in her sleep because I've always known when I was a kid I'm like well when I'm 93 I'm just not going to want to wake I'm just not going to wake up one morning I'm just going to pass away in my sleep and so she kind of did that so now I get to have that role model
1: (laughs) I love it happy healthy happy healthy happy healthy dead that's what our Esther is always saying and it's quite a way to go so it's exciting and and now unity is getting some of the Hay House legacy. Many of you might have heard that we have a new program director at at Unity Online Radio and Unity.fm, and that is Diane Ray, who comes from Hay House. So we're getting some of that exciting infusion of her brilliance and um, her vision of what Hay House House has done and now what Unity Online Radio can do uh, with all of us saying yes to this broader understanding. So we welcome Diane to the family here at Unity Online Radio and um, and are excited about the future and, like I said, the vision that she brings and the knowing. And that's really, you know, it's so good to to talk about this idea of visioning and getting ahead of it and really kind of knowing what's coming and holding the vibration of what's coming. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today on, on the show. We want to talk about, uh, you know, a recent Abraham workshop uh, segment that we heard you know what we love to do on this show we love to go deep on the Abrahams we like to take a little snippet from one of their more recent workshops and go deep on what it is that they're talking about and Heather found this delicious track that was recorded recently that really talks about the power of quieting your mind and really lining up to uh, who it is you truly are and vibrating from that present and yet, future tense of who you've become in that energy, and um, I know meditation is. We, talk, you know, everyone talks about meditation. It's it's really a a very big subject, I think, in our in our culture today, and especially around spiritual circles. But this idea of just quieting your mind is something that Esther's been talking a lot about lately.
2: Mm-hmm. It is so powerful, and it's interesting because I think as my mind has gotten more. Quiet and more present. I forget what it used to be like to have it just always talking to me all the time. You know that never shutting up kind of thing. But it's it's interesting how in society we have so many people that have anxiety and so many people that have insomnia, and so much of it is that that mind just chatter chatterbox mind that we have.
1: Exactly, you know, and and it's it's a habit, you know, that we get into and when we're so much in the thinking mind and I, and I really love what Abraham says about this. I mean, the key and the reason that we want to quiet our mind is that we want to get into the receiving mode. What they've talked about always is that when you quiet the, the small mind, um, you open up to the broader mind, that which is your inner being, your infinite intelligence, all that is and all that will be. And it really is an allower mode, a receiver mode. And, If we're constantly chatting and telling, uh, you know, telling our mind what is and constantly looking at what has manifested as if it's the be all end all, we cut ourselves off just a bit from what's possible, what's right here in the present moment. So this practice of quieting your mind, I mean you know, it's gotten to, for me, to be easier and easier. They say 15 to 20 minutes a day is more than enough. We don't want you to be meditating for five or six hours a day. That's not why you came here. But the the kind of practice that Esther's talking about intrigues me because she talks about distracting the mind just slightly, and she loves like a ticking clock or a humming refrigerator or something where she can keep her mind just slightly concentrated, which then allows her to open up to this broader sense and sometimes it can take her three or four minutes or five minutes to even get to the point of quieting the mind and i think we really have to be patient with ourselves and and really stop saying things like oh this is hard or i can't do this or this is impossible for me because xyz it's a practice it's just a practice and you get better and better and better at it you know
2: and it feels good it's interesting because um i like to go to float tanks And a lot of the times, the way she describes the quieting of the mind, it feels like the float tank to me. Um, So sometimes I float in a tank, sometimes I just float, sometimes I channel. So anything that allows us to distract and kind of not be in that, it's the critical mind, I guess, that we want to avoid sometimes. Yeah, it
1: is something where, you know, we love our minds and we love our our ability to focus. But when we're in a place where we're just focused on what is or focus on old momentum, which is caught up with lower vibing emotions about circumstances, the idea of going back to zero, like going back to the nothingness, then then the just complete clarity of of energy flowing through you. And as you what I found is I have I found a little app that has river sounds, because I love the sound of a flowing river. And so I'll put that on. And then I've also been doing that breathing technique that we learned from the Abraham Meditation CDs, which is the, you know, um, breathe in five, breathe, breathe out three, no, sorry, breathe in three, breathe out five. But it's really up to you. I mean, there is no hard, fast, this is the only way to go. This is how you do it. But it is, you'll know it's happening when And I'm trying to describe this feeling, but you feel an energy shift where your, your mind now is just slightly to the right or left of you. (laughs) You can, you can almost feel the energy of your beingness and it is kind of a, it can be a numbing or a tingling sensation, uh, but it is. and, And then that's enough. That's the state. You don't have to, you know, try to get any big Morris code from spirit. It's, it's literally just allowing that quieting to happen so that automatically you can rise and be the receiving of what's being whispered to you all the time from your source, from that which is the true you and that which knows exactly what you want and how to get there and knows the path of least resistance. It's like, this is the best coach you could ever listen to. (laughs) And you've got a (laughs) 24-hour, constant, 365-day connection to this coach um, but the only thing it requires is that you shush for a bit. <laughs>
2: yeah. The alignment piece. It's, it's leaving the mind is allowing you to align with, with source, the Creator of all that is. And because we are primarily source, it's really pretty easy because we are source and source is us and it's the larger part of us. It's just more that desire to and that willingness to.
1: Exactly. So let's play a little of that. It's about six minutes, but I want to play a bit from that, uh, that track about quieting your mind and then we'll come back and we'll just go deeper on it because I think there's a few other takeaways that can be really critical for all of us are fun in the sense of really understanding mechanics of how we get into this receiving mode and all this delicious information. Here we go.
3: But step three is what we've come to visit with you about because step three is where you begin to consciously and deliberately line up with what you want. That's where you pay attention to the way you feel and focus upon what feels good and do your best to guide your thoughts toward what feels good. And then a wonderful, truly wonderful thing happens. You become an allower or a receiver of what it is you're asking for when you get into the receiving mode only when you get into that receiving mode are you able to hear what your inner being is expressing to you about where to go about where your path of least resistance is makes sense to you doesn't it but if you're not in the receiving mode then you're sticking to your guns then you're going to bang it out the hard way then you're going to do what you've always done that never worked before and isn't going to work this time. And so the process that we are encouraging you about, the sales job that we really want to do, is that if you could find some way to set aside 15 or 20 minutes in the day, beginning is better, where you could quiet your mind, where you could focus upon something. Esther found a clock that ticks and then she found an app that ticks. It's a digital clock that ticks so that she can put it on her iPhone. Turns it down real low so she has to listen for it. And if you focus upon something that requires a little bit of concentration, not much but a little, that little bit of concentration toward the ticking clock or the flicker of a flame or whatever it is that you have isolated as a sound that you want to hear. As you focus upon it, In this room, can you hear the air? As you focus upon it, in a little bit of time, you will be distracted from other thoughts that you've been thinking. They will become less active because you're focused upon something else that you've made active. And once that happens, and you stop that attention to those other active vibrations, For that time they will deactivate and you will become a vibrational match to the frequency of your inner being and as you do that on Sunday and then Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday and then Friday after a week or two of this you will have diluted your attraction with more of what your inner being knows and you will have distracted yourself from those things that are bothering you the other day, Esther and a friend met at Esther's house to walk around the loop. It's a really good loop. It's got some hills. and So they walk around the loop, and they made their way around this loop twice. And then they sat for a moment by a little stream that has a beautiful sound to it. And as they're sitting by this stream, Esther's friend said, let's meditate for a little while and it sounded like such a good idea even though both of them had meditated before they'd even met that morning and then they'd been walking and they were flying really high the conversation was high-minded and good feeling and they'd laughed all their way around the loop two times and now they sat to meditate and they were going to focus upon the sound of the stream and almost the moment that they focused upon it a very loud airplane went over and then another. It was like they were at the end of some important runway and everyone was going to land or take off right now. And neither one of them said anything to the other, but it caused both of them to focus more profoundly on the stream. And the feeling of alignment with all of the active movement in their body, all of their endorphins, everything that was already happening, was a euphoric experience in other words to tune into that high frequency energy under those conditions it was truly a delicious experience and afterward they decided to take another walk around the loop (laughs) and while they're walking around the loop esther said you know you know what that was that was just like life where all kinds of chaos is going on around us especially if you turn on the television all kinds of chaos is going on around us. But still, we are able to focus upon what feels good. We do have the ability to isolate. Esther had thought, oh, I need to go into a quiet room and wear comfortable clothing and focus upon my breathing. I need to withdraw from the world and go into a cave and put my head in the sand. And I need to shut the whole world out. And this experience reminded her, that's not what you need to do. That's not even what you, in most cases, would be able to do. The world is going to bang on around you. But you do have the ability to isolate your thoughts. You do have the ability to tune to who you are. You do have the ability to tune to this higher frequency. You do have the ability to thrive even when most are not.
1: I love that. You do have the ability to thrive. Yes,
2: you do. And so do I.
1: Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think the important part of that whole story was the jet plane for me because sometimes I do find that excuse where I don't, well, I can't get away and there's too much noise and there's too much distraction, but really what they were saying there is that's exactly what they want. They want the chaos to not distract you from your ability to focus on what feels good. Oh, can we just say that again? Okay, take a breath. The key is even when the chaos is swirling around you, to be able to discern what feels good and focus on it. Yep. Wow.
2: It's so true. I had that happen this last week. I had a really crazy um, last, well, the whole summer was interesting. And the last couple weeks were really intense. And I was going on a vacation by myself to see my friend in Seattle and Vancouver. And I was like, ah, this is the worst timing to go on a trip right now. Like, there's no way I can get away and do this. And then of course I had that moment of like, right when you think it's the worst timing ever, that's the time that I need to leave the most, right? That's the time I need to get away. And I went and it was like the most relaxing, amazing trip ever. And all this stuff was still going on, but I was able to free myself up from the resistance and spend time in nature and go to Vancouver and Relax and watch the water planes, and stand in the ocean and feel the cool air, and it was just so amazing. And I thought, you know, that's exactly what I needed to do for me was fill myself back up, and I needed to go in the middle of the chaos. <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, I and mean, when I think that. You know, sometimes we think that when the chaos ceases or when I get through this crisis, I'll meditate or I'll focus on what feels good. But right now I have to deal with this situation. And we're just not practicing what we know from the Abrahams. The principle of it is that you don't solve it at the level of its energy. Been there, done that. That's the dumpster dive. You have to almost deactivate it. By turning our attention away from it. And that is the true skill. And I think a lot of us are under the misconception and, and we've been taught that, oh, no, we have to get to the bottom of this issue or this vibration, or we have to figure out how we feel about the chaos or worse yet, we have to try and feel better about the chaos. No, no, none of it. The key is to deactivate from that place so that our natural rising, is. it's like the cork being held under the water, you will naturally rise to meet your source. That part you don't have to work at, which I really love. That happens naturally.
2: And we just can take it like one day at a time, one moment at a time. I was talking to my daughter the other day about how I feel her really um, kind of connecting in with what she did wrong in the past and then what she's worried about is going to happen in the future, you know, and so we were talking about that. And I said, you know, when when parents, um, when you're little, your your parents cuts your food up into tiny, tiny little bites and so that you don't choke on your food. And I feel like, you know, I felt like for her, she was kind of choking on her life in, in by taking too big of bites. So I said, don't take too much life in one bite. <laughs> like take it little chunks chunk it down so it's like this is a chunking it down too is listening to the, um, to the ticking one tick at a time
1: yes and slowing that down and and almost showing ourselves that we do have the ability to focus and that thriving our ability to thrive comes from our ability to focus on what's working focus on what feels good allow that momentum to continue to move us to a place of hearing even more specifically that our inner being is right there whispering, go here, go there. And you know what I love about our inner being and our spiritual entourage from what we've been hearing from these teachers is it's not just, you know, one energy or you're, you know, just your one angel. It's like a, it's like a whole group of energies that are here involved in what you're doing, knowing what you want, Actually knowing the exact ways map <laughs> to what it is that you want, they know all the points of resistance. Like they have this, what I love about Waze, many of you might use this, this app, W-A-Z-E called Waze. Which essentially kind of looks at all the traffic and all the resistant points in the traffic, and it knows where you want to go. And so it'll tell you to get off the beaten path because, oh, there's another way around this. It's going to save you time and energy and all this good stuff. And what I love about Waze is that they have the whole picture. They know what's up ahead of me. I don't. And when we really allow Source to, to speak to us, when we do the time to focus and we focus on what feels good and, and we uh, take the time to meditate and to, to quiet ourselves, it's telling you, get off the road. Go here. Go there. And you don't have to know. You trust that it it's going to get you to the destination. And sometimes with Waze, you know, we've gotten off of roads and we're like, this is weird. I don't know why we're getting off here. This feels really... But but Waze knows. <laughs> knows the way.
2: That's the source source in an app, right? Source in and-
1: Source in the app, but it's that trusting too, you know that 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 we don't have to know when we're when when we come out of meditation. And this is what's an interesting part, I think, in this creative process is that when we come out of meditation, whatever thoughts come right after that, pay pay close attention because now you've created a, a sort of a blank sheet, of an availability. You're in the receiving mode, and be watching for what excites you. Be listening to what. Where you want to go and what direction you want to go, and trust that it might not make sense. No, it probably won't. It probably have nothing to do with what it it is that you want. But you want to trust that, and you know, again and again, when we look back, we'll see, wow, I just followed my intuition. What we call our intuition, or followed my internal guidance on that, and look where it led me. I couldn't have in a million years have figured that out on my own, uh, trying to be my own map and my own GPS. So it is wonderful to to do the work to turn on the gps that spiritual gps and really let it guide you but if you've got a lot of barking going on a lot of talking going on and you're telling this app where you want to go it it's just a rougher ride
2: controlling when we're controlled
1: <laughs> yes
2: wow. it's all good but so we, we're we're everyone's doing a good job and we all learn as we go. So if somebody's listening to this thinking that not doing it right, just let that go too, because it's all good.
1: Yeah. And I think part of, you know, what I've looked at too is, is I've looked at the energy of efforting and I've really understood that if I'm in a lot of efforting, um, chances are, I'm also in a lot of controlling and you can't, you know if you've been efforting a lot you can't just let it go like just let it go it's too difficult you you've got too many engines going in that direction but if you can just pull back a little bit and bit by bit the sense of relief that one gets from really allowing source to be the one that is efforting because it has its elegance and its energy all completely aligned in in orchestration um, as you just stop Stop efforting just a little bit and watch how the universe rushes in to show itself. Um, you get to the point where you're like, all right, ah, I'm done.
2: <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. I love the emotional guidance scale in that case because I always kind of um, look at the pattern. So it's like, oh, if I move, if I'm moving into pessimism and then I will all of a sudden I start to become um, frustrated and overwhelmed and stuff. It's like, oh, I think I'm going down. There must be something here, some effort, some resistance. You know, it's like, how can I just turn it around before I go? I get pulled all the way until that momentum pulls me down <laughs> before. It, beforehand.
1: it feels good. It feels good. We're actually at the end of our, our time with you today. It went so fast, but we want to thank you for joining us as we talk about these beautiful laws and how they work for us and how they're here to really can create a container of joy and expansion and creation. And I want to say thank you to all the people who've emailed about their interest in the Easy Breezy Manifesting group call. We're still putting that together. So if you're interested in really breaking down the steps on how to create what you want with more ease, with more grace, with more laid backness, uh, send us an email, Attraction at gmail.com and we'll let we'll get back to you and let you know what we're up to so until then we thank you for joining us and we send lots of love and as we say every day on the show feel good sister (laughs) feel good sisters and brothers we love you and we'll see you next time
0: thank you for joining us on everyday attraction where the law of attraction gets real